want to welcome you from half court today being Wednesday, January 19th. I, of course, am your host, Sean Murphy, alongside the man in the paint, the guy. I, I can't think of anything that rhymes with paint other than taint. My guy, Troy Serky. Troy, how are we doing, man? That was my worst intro for you of all time. Better than I deserve, Sean. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You deserve far better than that. But that's the intro you got. Oh, my goodness, dude. It's good to see you, man. It's good, good to be you. here talking hoops. How uh, how have, you, how have you been, man? What's been going on with you? You've been watching, you've been watching any basketball here and there? Oh yeah, here and there I have been uh, watching some good games. Watched the uh, the Denver Lakers game a few nights ago. Uh, mm, Denver mm-hmm. Trailblazers game that was a blowout as well. Yeah, um, Pistons. I uh, saw their full game against well half of their game against Phoenix, but the whole game against Chicago, which wasn't the brightest, but it was still kind of fun. Right. Um, watched quite a bit of Hornets stuff. So hey. Uh, yeah. I know we got to talk about bridges later. Didn't watch that game, but um, the Hornets are kind of my my bad bandwagon team, I guess. So yeah, they're like the they're the fun middle of the pack team. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the um, like the Hornets might not be the best team in the NBA, but they might be the most fun. Just as far to to me personally, I, I still I would still say um, if I had to do my rankings right of my mm-hmm. league pass teams, yeah, I would still put Memphis number one just because just because of how good they've been lately but then i would go chicago and then i would go charlotte personally Mm -hmm. i actually another game i watched all the way through because uh you know ohio is uh the Cavs trailblazers game a few nights ago that was pretty good they had a good good game against them on the road um marking and hit a couple of nice shots darius garland is really coming on so i guess they're up there too in my my mediocre favorite teams yeah, I mean, well, the Cavs are Cavs are not mediocre, man. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, yeah, right. It, it's crazy because they're they're among the top of the conference. They're twenty seven and eighteen. Um, they just they rolled. Beat the against, Nets pretty good. Yeah, yeah, they they. I was just about to say they rolled at home against the Nets. I mean, yeah, that there is a lot of basketball to talk about, and that is exactly what we do here because this is from Half Court Region every week. Troy and I talk about all things NBA basketball. If you like that. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media at Troy Sergey 44 at Sean half court from half court is available on all the services and the podcast places that you want to be. So be sure to follow share with your friends and join the conversation here from half court. Troy. First of all, I do want to, I do want to mention um, because I brought this to your attention uh, last week. Or, or, or about a couple minutes ago. And I, because I just realized this as well. Next week is the one year anniversary of the From Half Court podcast. So, teaching every one of you, I want to thank you. But also, that means that it is literally going to be released, like just on our regular schedule, it will be releasing on the one year anniversary of From Half Court. Which awesome. Is absolutely crazy. Um, I, I, I go back and look at what that episode was about. And it was like, what's going on with the Brooklyn Nets? And if only I knew, if only I knew what would be going on from there, Troy, absolutely crazy. But dude, do you, do you have a favorite episode we've done together, Troy? Is there a, is there a pop, or not even an episode, but like, is there a moment that sticks out to you so far of like favorite, favorite podcast moment we've had so far? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, 
I will always cherish when I was the special guest and not the co-host. When um, you were I special? Think, yeah, yeah, back when I was special. <laughs> we had so much fun doing the Mount Rushmore of shooters. We had an almost two-hour episode yeah. talking about uh, the Lakers and their signing of, do I dare to say him, Andre Drummond. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that that to me I think will always stick out but uh, I'll never forget when we first started it was like the first 20 seconds of the episode and uh, you called me Carl Malone Uh, you called me the mailman and Uh uh, I still I'll never forget that I'll I'll still uh, I'll never forget the anger in your eyes when I called you Carl Malone I still remember how my heart was racing when you compared me to a pedophile anyways this is from half court when each and every week Sean and I discuss all things NBA Dude, we get the intro be twice? Sure to describe. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Did you say be sure to describe? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Troy, we're in for a doozy today. By the way, um, if you're wondering why I'm wearing a, a, a Lions jersey here, because as of a recording, we just are in the second half of the Cardinals Rams mm-hmm. wild card game where Matthew Stafford is absolutely pooping down the throats of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, yeah, it was 17 nothing last time I checked. What's it now? Uh, it is 28 nothing. Okay, okay, a little, little improvement. Oh, yeah, no, so what happened? So uh, it wasn't 17 nothing. So, like, what happened oh. was – uh, so fun. So fun thing. This isn't a this isn't a football podcast, but, you know, hey, it's my podcast um, that like what happened was Kyler Murray was uh, he like it was 14, nothing, literally oh, 14 he's, nothing. he's okay. in his own head zone, starts freaking out, holds on to the ball for way too long, realizes it and he's getting hit, tries to throw it up and throws it right into a Rams cornerback who gets a pick six from one yard away. It was. Yeah, it. Looking forward to watching the highlights of that. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of the ugliest football games I've ever seen. So ugly that it kind of felt like it was basketball. But anyway, that's okay. Speaking of Troy, let's talk some basketball, shall we? Yep. So, the topic of the show is NBA All Star ballots. We are about a month away, Troy, from the All Star game in the city of Cleveland. I, I looked at tickets right before this, just out of curiosity. First of all, they're all in the resale market now. Like, you know, like there's, you can't just go on Ticketmaster, And even then you'd have to go on like the premium thing. But yeah, like the cheapest ticket for an upper bowl, uh, for an upper bowl seat to the all-star game is $2,000. Yeah. $2,000. Yeah. It's insane. I actually was thinking about going if it was like 200. No, it's, it's, it's 2000. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. So I was like, yeah, that'd be fun to go. That's never happening, Um, (laughs) but I've accepted it and that's okay. Um, But Troy each and every year, it's always like a debate as to who's, who's in the all-star game, but ultimately who's starting. Right. Uh, I don't, I don't really want to get into like, who's all going to be in the all-star game like all 12 guys, because I think, um, on each squad. Yeah. Yeah. You could, you can name so many different players. Um, and I think, I think the semantics of who's the 11th guy on the all-star team versus who's the third guy out, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that gets a little too muddy, Mm -hmm. but what I think is a valid conversation is who deserves to start. Mm -hmm. And so today, before we recorded the podcast, I texted you, be sure to come ready with your all-star ballot. And so with that, Troy, 
how about let's start with the Eastern Conference because mm-hmm. you and I both agreed that was the easier conference yeah. to do. Do you want to go position by position or do you want to just okay? Yeah, so let's go position by position. First, let's just start with the with the two guards. Let's let's okay. start with the guards position and okay. we'll go to the front court from there. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Me All first, right. you first, same time. What are we doing? Let, I want you to go first. Go okay. first. I want okay. you to name your two starting guards in the okay. Eastern Conference, and I want you to tell me why. Okay. My two starting guards for the Eastern Conference are Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks and DeMar DeRozan of the Chicago Bulls. Mm-hmm. Because Trey is having another fantastic year. Uh, he mm-hmm. has really proven himself in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Hawks may not have been as impressive as last year. However, um, he had a couple of 40-point games already. He had a 50-pointer against uh, the Portland Trailblazers a couple of weeks ago. Insane. Yeah, absolutely insane. Uh, and I don't know. I I just, to be honest, Sean, there's no one else that deserves to start at point guard besides Trey Young, in my opinion. Yeah, he's uh, the he's best. just having a year. He's having a career so far. And yeah. um, I'm all in for Trey Young. I'm a big, I, big Trey Young fan. Yeah, I, I think we've just gotten to the point where um, there's certain players where it's just kind of a lock. Um, at their position. And I think Trey Young is just the best point guard in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. And um, now maybe if Kyrie played and he was playing at a really high level, then maybe you can make the argument that he could be. But I think as of right now, like making the argument of anyone else being the best, uh, being the best point guard in the East, I would say you're wrong. Um, I will say um, it is surprising how quickly things are blowing up in Atlanta. Like mm-hmm. Cam Radish was a big deal. Well, because reports are suggesting that um, reports are suggesting that anyone that not named Trey Young or Clint Capella is reportedly on the market this free agency. So like they're looking to radically shape up that that core group of guys around them. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, hey, who knows? Maybe that means instead of Cam Reddish, perhaps the Pistons could look at a guy like DeAndre Hunter. Right, um, right. So he's, he's you know, guy I was thinking, too. Yeah, 100%. So as far as that goes, uh, I mean, I'm definitely shocked on that. But but besides all the chaos in Atlanta, the one thing that is a constant is Trey Young. Uh, now, I will say they did just win their first home game since November. And it's the middle of January. Home game. You're supposed to win at home, Sean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a bit of a problem. Um, but Trey, it's not Trey Young's fault. I'll say that much. I will say. Uh, it's hard to put him there for how bad he is defensively at times. Um, but as far as his overall game, he's, he's the best point guard in the East. Um, and then, and then you said the next guard you had is DeMar DeRozan. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about DeMar and what he's been doing this year. Yeah. I mean, he's been probably taking the league by the biggest surprise, in my opinion, with how fluid the Chicago Bulls are. We talked a little bit in the summertime of like, yeah, they're going to be good, but like, will they be championship contenders? I mean, they're proven that they're all in with this core, but you know, with what we saw with the Rosen in Toronto, we saw a great player. We saw incredible flashes, but obviously no match for LeBron James. When we saw him in right. San Antonio, uh, not really any surrounding pieces around him. Looked like his career was kind of slowly declining. But right. man, when he got to Chicago, everything turned around for his career, in my opinion. And just yeah. he's a guy who can, he's a bucket. He's a good passer. He's a scorer too, not just a shooter, but a scorer. He can put the ball in the hole. He can dish it to uh, his other two guys, uh, Vucevic and uh, Levine. And Sean, uh, 
look out NBA because Chicago's back to be a, uh, a possible contender for the uh, Eastern Conference as far as Eastern Conference Finals. So to me, um, there's no one else at the two spot besides DeMar DeRozan that I could have voted yeah, for. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, listen, the it's 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 Trey Young and DeMar DeRozan, right? I mean, that's it's kind of the easiest guard. Like that's the easiest. Like that's like one of the locks in my opinion of this, of this, uh, of this all-star ballot. Um, I just think uh, from top to bottom, um, there's no better two guards in the Eastern conference. I I would say the third is is Zach Levine. I think he's kind of the odd one out, but bring him right off the bench. Let him do some highlights, give him some minutes with DeMar DeRozan in the all-star game. Let him throw down some sick dunks. We'll be just fine. Yeah, um, and stat wise, do I dare to say Bradley Beal's honestly having a pretty incredible year too? Stat wise, yeah, Bradley Beal's having a great year too. Um, I mean, they're probably both going to be all stars if we're being honest. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably both going to be guards. They're going to be coming off the bench. So those those guys certainly could could be contending for that. But I also have Trey Young and Demar Derozan. That one is pretty easy. Uh, now moving on to the front court, let's go small forward and power forward next. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'll start on this one. Okay. Um, because I don't think, I don't think you and I are going to have to sweat on this one much. No, not um, really. so small forward, you want to just go on three, one, two, three, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Yeah. 100%. Thank you. Yeah. That was so in sync. That was so good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's Kevin Durant, right? I mean, arguably the best player in the world. Um, obviously he's injured, so hopefully he'll be back in time for, for the all-star game. But if he's not, um, then that's where we could see a reserve come in. However, um, as far as who deserves to be a starter, um, do you kind of want to like, while I fix my mic real quick, do you want to, yeah. want to just talk about what Kevin Durant's been doing this season a little bit? Yeah. Kevin Durant's been being Kevin Durant. Uh, it's that simple in my opinion. Uh, he's a guy that I think, uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, earlier this season of he had a little chip on his shoulder, I think after that gross loss in the Eastern conference semifinals in game seven against Milwaukee and watching Milwaukee walk away with the title. Um, I think he has a lot to prove this year that he still is not just the best player on the regular season, but he can definitely compete in the playoffs. We saw him win a championship, multiple championships with Golden State. And uh, he's a guy that this season uh, is carrying his nets to maybe not, maybe not exactly how we thought the season would go. You know, I thought for sure to be a lock at one, but they're hoving around three right now, three or four, right, right for, for, their, for their spot in the Eastern Conference. So well now, as far as the nets. Well, now, too, I think I, I was just going to say, um, I mean, for the Nets, you know, like what perfect timing to have Kyrie Irving as a part-time player, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, at the very least, just to have him on road games is absolutely essential. Now, mm-hmm. I would say, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure now more than ever, they're really wishing that Kyrie was was available full-time. Um, yeah. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, um, I think to your point, I think Kevin Durant um, is is probably felt disrespected by the lack of attention he's yeah. gotten the last couple of years. and. In case mm-hmm. you all forgot, he runs this league. So, um, yeah, he does. Know. Yeah. So and he had a nice 50 piece against our Detroit Pistons at little Caesars arena a couple of weeks ago as well. Yeah. yeah he broke the, uh, he broke the, he broke LCA the scoring Leopard. record in yeah. the, in the little Caesars arena, um, Blake Griffin's record, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, Troy, the four in the East it's, it's Giannis, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, what's, what's there to say, uh, finals MVP, um one of the biggest one of the greatest athletes in the history of the game um i think someone that is 
I think someone that could possibly be in the goat conversation by the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, just because of his sheer dominance, as far as how he plays the game. Um, imagine, because here's the thing, Milwaukee could win some rings now. You know what I'm saying? Like they mm-hmm. already they got are, one. Yeah. They're, they're contending to, they're contending to win multiple rings going forward. So, um, you know, listen, Yana, yeah, there's, there's just nothing to say other than he's, he's, you know, if Kevin Durant's the best player in the world, he's the second best player in the world. You could literally interchange the two. They're the best players in the world, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. And, um, you know, I think with this season last year, I think uh, he's playing exactly how I thought he would be playing this year. He had a little, little, um, was he out for COVID or injury? I, I can't remember back around Christmas, a little before Christmas. Yeah, so he, yeah, he was in health and safety protocols. Okay, yeah, so he had COVID then and then. Um, yeah, I think he balled out after that and he's been, he's been the same. He's a guy that can get you 30 a night. He's a guy that can get you, uh, 15 boards a night too. a couple blocks, a couple assists. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a guy that not just, um, impacts his team, but, um, pure dominance on every, yeah. every stat. So yeah, yeah you gotta have you on a set four. Yep. Speaking of pure dominance, I think, uh, I think the five spots pretty locked up in the Eastern conference as well. Um, Troy, why is Joel Embiid the starting five in the, in the East? Yeah, Joel Embiid is the starting five in mine for the East because of his impact on the 76ers team. I mean, look at it. Uh, without Ben Simmons this year, they've been really, um, I guess, missing something. And, uh, you know, they're not completely disappointing, but they're a team that um, needs their veterans. And I would call Joel Embiid definitely a veteran at this point in his career to step up. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been excellent watching a guy like Tyrese Maxey be balling out. Um, it's excellent seeing, I guess, Drummond come off the bench and put a couple of nice boards up for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Joel Embiid is a guy that uh, a true uh, modern day big man, uh, really changing and evolving that center position. I think he's a guy that's a beast down on the floor. Uh, you and I may not like him uh, and, and the 76ers team. Uh, and I think you and I have been the biggest critics of them over the years, but uh, he's a guy that can sure influence his team and, um, there's no one better that can do it at the center position, in my opinion, than Joel Embiid. Yeah, 100. percent I mean, listen, he's he's the modern representation of a, of of Akeem Olajuwon, right? Mm-hmm. He's got he's got that elite footwork. He can score at three levels. He's a, he's elite as a defender. Um, he's the uh, he's the best big man in the world up there with Nikola Jokic. So, yep. um, you know, uh, averages 27 and 10, um, does it all. I, now, I will say. Um, I always question if Joel Embiid comes in and comes into each season in the best shape. Um, I think a lot of his health or a lot of his, uh, a lot of his ailments that he has physically, I wonder about his conditioning and all that kind of stuff. But what you can't question is, you know, he can show up, he can show up not running on a treadmill for three months and he can still put up 20, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So he, um, he's just a consistent 27, 30, a game. Um, now I will say, and, 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 and this is a, this is actually something I do kind of actually want to talk about after the Eastern conference, because, um, I think, uh, I think Daryl Morey owes it to Joel Embiid to actually figure something out in Philly. I think we'll talk about that more in a little bit, but, um, yeah, 100%, uh, even, even with everything he's, he's, he's had to deal with this season. Um, I actually do kind of feel bad for Joel Embiid, um, because, you know, it, yeah, it just feels like he's, it, it feels like a wasted year, but he's putting up great stats despite of it. But we'll, we'll talk about that more in a little bit for now. 
he absolutely does deserve to be recognized as an all-star. So that's the Eastern Conference. Pretty easy. Um, now the now the West. This is the one that that's going to have a little bit more conversation. And I think it, the conversation isn't necessarily about talent, at least that I have in my list. It's about yeah. filling the position, in my opinion. Would, yeah. would, you, would your list the same? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 all position because because my five is not the best five in the West. My five is the best positions in the West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I so I went a little differently. Okay. Um. So, uh, let's start with our front courts. Yeah. Um. I think we both have Steph Curry there. I'm gonna go on we a both limb. do. We sure do. Who do you have as your second guard? I have John Morant. I have John Morant. There we go. Dude, John Morant, he's not going to be. It's not going to be him, but he should be. You know what I mean? Why do you say it's not going to be? Because, Sean, you, I, I don't know how you can make an argument for anyone else. I mean, it could it could be Devin Booker. Devin Booker just won Player of the Week. He's been having a yeah. he's been having a phenomenal run of late. He's he's yeah. that more traditional two guard. Made and the, the Suns are the second best team in the West. So yeah, you know. it's like the it's the traditional like you know who's the uh, you know like who's the who's the traditional two guard. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. So like yeah. To me personally, I want to see the two best guards in the West, and to mm-hmm. me. The two best guards in the West of this year have been John Morant and Steph Curry. I agree. I agree. That's me personally. Yeah. Um, John yeah, Morant's been too. so John Morant has been so good. I think he should be allowed to transcend position and just be one of the starting guards in the in the in the front court. Yeah, yeah. Or, That's what I was thinking too. And I just court, think yeah. I just think the step up that he has had this this year of he's a guy that if he doesn't score 30, you're surprised because <laughs> yeah. he, he's, he's a guy that impacts all levels of, of, of his team. He's a guy that really has taken Memphis. He's put Memphis on the shoulders. Yeah. Now, um, now I will say it actually looks like people are on our, are on our side because uh, as of, as of four days ago. So as of the time this comes out, it'll, it'll actually be six days old. So it'll be a little outdated, but as of, as of when we're recording, it looks like currently the two leading vote getters for the guards in the West are Steph Curry and John Morant. So looks like people are siding with us, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But another name on there that I guess I didn't realize was a, was technically listed as a guard, Luka Doncic. Yeah, I don't have Luka on my list, but he's a guy that would be the most extreme honorable mention. I'd probably have him even over Booker. Uh, but again, that's yeah. kind of like how you wanted to find the two position, in my opinion. So, yeah, now I will say um, I think all star voting can be a little stupid sometimes because I get granted it's a fan thing um, yeah. all for it. However, the fact that both Kyrie Irving and Derek Rose both have yeah, more votes, they yeah. have more they have more votes than Fred Van Vliet right now, which mm-hmm. is heresy. Um, and Clay Thompson, even though I love him and it's great to see him back. Clay Thompson currently has more votes than Devin Booker. So yeah, I think even, I heard even Derrick Rose at one point had more votes than Trey Young. Is that true? Uh no. Okay. Okay. No, Derrick Rose is at three hundred and seventy-three thousand. Uh, Trey Young is at one and a half million. Okay, never mind. Yeah. So thankfully, <laughs> thankfully that's not the case. Yeah. Um. But okay, we're at the three I, position, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So now let's go to the three. Um, Probably think, easier here. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's Le- it's it's LeBron James. It's LeBron James. Now I okay. Now that I see that, I kind of was listing him as more of a four, 
Yeah, me too. Um, so my three is a little bit different, actually. My three so, is my by far worst player on, on this list. Do you have Andrew Wiggins? No, I have Paul George. <laughs> oh, I have Paul George too. <laughs> well, like I, yeah, I felt weird putting Paul George here. I'll be I honest. Felt very weird. Yes. Because, because I get like, he's had like a really good season. Um, however, he's been kind of injured of late. He was playing all-star level before that, but then if it wasn't going to be Paul George, my next choices were going to be either Andrew Wiggins, Anthony Davis, or Carl Anthony Towns. And mm-hmm. I, I listen, I, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think Paul George is going to be active by the time, um, by the time the, uh, the all-star game comes around. So I think, I think we're going to see Andrew Wiggins starting an all-star game. Wow. Which is wow. weird. Um, it is weird. He's also the third leading vote getter on the front court right now. He's getting more votes than Paul George. Isn't that crazy? So I I mean, I'm not going to argue with it though, I guess. Yeah. I, well, cause there's always like, I would always say every single year, like of like the starting five in an all-star game, there's always kind of like the eight or nine guys that are kind of always there. And then there's like the one that you, that you rotate in or like the one or two you rotate in. Right. So like in 2019, it was Kemba Walker starting at home uh, in, in Charlotte, um, you know, uh, this year it's, it's going to be Andrew Wiggins. I just, you know, he, he has been having a really good year. He's, he, he has been absolutely solid, but yeah, I, I think, uh, I think LeBron James is definitely one of those forwards and the West is so weird right now, as far as, um, how the front court is shaken out as far as like, um, you know, and, cause here's, here's what I would, I wouldn't say Anthony Davis played like an all-star no. this year. No way. Um, I wouldn't say, um, I wouldn't, I I think Draymond Green's an all-star. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have him as a starter. I don't Mm -hmm. think he's good enough offensively. Um, I don't think you start two centers. Don't think so either, Sean. Um, especially if you had Carl Anthony Towns and Jokic starting together in an all-star game, (laughs) I think you would have the slowest worst like what a stupid lineup because you're going to end up out of the 10 guys are going to be on the court after the draft three of them are going to be Joel Embiid Nikola Jokic and Carl Anthony Towns that would be the worst all-star game of all time so moving to our five quick Sean I think we both have Jokic right oh yeah 100% yeah good I mean but he's but Jokic is like the same wow we literally had it all the same we were like I don't know if we're gonna have the same we had all 10 the same we literally had all, and we did not plan that at all. Nope, we didn't. That just that just shows who we are, Troy. Yeah. Wow, we have we're we're really coming on our own for basketball. That's for sure. We becoming well, one on this podcast. Yeah. Well, listen, we I think you and I, in every other area of life, have have a lot of differences, and that's part of our friendship. But at the core of it, there's just things that you and I you and I are just the same. You know what yeah. I mean? Like when it, yeah. when it, when it comes to basketball, I know, I know you and I are generally going to agree on stuff. You yeah. and I look at things very similarly, which right, is why right. this podcast works out pretty well. I would That's say. why it's why uh-huh. 100%. But uh, real quick, just to touch on Nikola Jokic. Um, I, I called, I called Joel Embiid the best big in the NBA earlier. I was wrong. It's Nikola Jokic. Um, Jokic is, um, I think he's one of the best stories of the past decade in the NBA being a yeah. second, second round, round pick, pick. Yeah. second round pick turned perennial all-star MVP caliber player. 
um, pr- perhaps the most unorthodox pl- kind of play out of out of a big that we've ever seen as far as his style of play. Um, he um, obviously is, um, you know, kind of going through like a kind of like a difficult season. No, no Jamal Murray there, still trying to put the pieces together. Um, I, I, I just hope that we get to see Nikola Jokic in an NBA finals in the next few years. Um, because, That'd be fun. Yeah. 100%. He's uh, he might be, he might be the star that he might be the, the NBA star with the least recognition um, as far as who, who, like what, what people know about him. Um, but he is just, yeah, he's just an absolute, absolute talent. Yeah. One, one, um, one, I guess, signature move of the Joker that I think is incredible is those one hand catches he has, and then just this puts it in the hoop. Like oh, that yeah. is so unorthodox, but it's, it's so effective. Well, even um, like, uh, I, I go to like his baseball passes or like, yeah, his, yeah. uh, um, I go to like his, um, I just go to like a lot of his like behind the back stuff. Um, like the, the thing that's crazy about Jokic to me, cause you could, you could literally just pick so many different mm-hmm. parts of his game to me it's his eyes it's it's what he sees you know what yeah. i'm saying because his just his vision is just absolutely incredible it's mm-hmm. it's next level it's absolute next level i he might not he might have the best vision in the league like including guards like he's up there with chris paul in that in that mm-hmm. in that regard to me yeah he sees the game differently and sean um there's one fact about uh, Jokic that you may not know that I think you would love. Um, so in the 2014 NBA draft, uh, of course, he's a second round pick and you know, all the hype is around the top 10 and no one really cares about anything after that. Right. Um, on ESPN live, when Joe, when Jokic got drafted, it was a Taco Bell commercial. <laughs> <laughs> that is, isn't that insane? It is a future like, MVP in the second round. No one cared. It, a Taco Bell commercial was more worthy than that pick. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's absolutely insane. Oh my gosh. But Hey, now, um, now he's having a Baja blast. Yes. Really turned his career around. Uh, we're not going to make that joke again, but anyway. Uh, so, wow. I, I was surprised by how easily that actually went putting together the ballot. Um, now I will say, um, Devin Booker just dropped 48 tonight. Um, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Like literally I just saw that like the game on a back just, to back too. just San finished. Antonio. Yeah. On a back to back going from Detroit to San Antonio. Absolutely unreal. Um, Devin Booker's playing the, he might be playing the best basketball's career night right now, by the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like I watched that game against Detroit. He was putting on a clinic. And granted, it's Detroit, all that kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. It's the NBA. You know, like at the end of the day, there's no such thing as an off night in, in the league. And, you know, Devin Booker, absolutely cerebral on the offensive end. Um, they're currently 33 and nine. They're going to they're gonna run the West. It's, it's, it's insane. So shout out to Devin Booker, but I do kind of want to shift. I, I brought up how I kind of wanted to talk about the uh, Philadelphia 76ers situation real quick um, because uh, it's, it's sounding like the latest reports in Simmons watch is reports are suggesting that Ben, Ben Simmons is willing to sit out the entire season. 
if need be. And apparently they had talks last week. Um, and it sounds like neither side is budging. It sounds like the Simmons camp isn't budging. It sounds like the, it sounds like Daryl Morey still wants an all-star caliber player. It still, it sounds like he still wants that Damian Lillard caliber player. Um, but with, you don't understand, Sean, his value is dropping every day. He's not playing a game. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Like he, I, I think he's just relying on a team getting desperate towards the trade deadline to go out and make a move. I think like the one team, like I think Portland is getting pretty desperate, but they're not getting Damian Lillard desperate. They, Mm -hmm. they've both made it clear. Both sides have made it clear that Damian Lillard wants to stay. Portland wants to keep him. So let's Mm -hmm. stop putting him in trade rumors, please. Um, But you know, like even, even if he wasn't trade, trade rumors, it, you can't possibly make the argument that, that Damian Lillard, no. is a worthy asset no. in return for Ben Simmons. He's just no, not. No. So I don't even think any of, I don't even know, Sean, if there is any all-star on both sides, like current 2022 all-star that is worthy for a straight up trade of Ben Simmons. Yeah. 100%. There's which, not. which tells me that Ben Simmons is not a top 25 player in my opinion. No, he's not, especially not after the playoffs last year, especially yeah. not with the thing that we're seeing, not, not with how we're seeing this situation unfold right now. I don't, I think he's one, I think he's increasingly just seeing his value, just, just drop and drop and drop. And, you know, obviously uh, you know, like this isn't going to be his legacy or anything. I think, um, or at least it, it very well could not be his legacy if he comes back and plays great basketball. Like we could all forget about it and go, oh yeah, Philly was the problem. But I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, here, here's what I will say though, because I think we can put a lot of blame on Ben Simmons, and I think we can. I think, I think we've done a lot of a lot of blaming Ben Simmons. I think it's time we start having a legitimate conversation about Daryl Morey because I'm just going to say it, Troy. I think he's, I think he's a fraud. I'm just going to say it like, because listen, yes. In Houston, he put together a lot of winning teams and they were, they were a Chris Paul hamstring away from going to the NBA finals. They were a disastrous shooting performance away from going to the NBA finals and defeating that Warriors dynasty team, right? A lot of it was, um, and you know, he, to his credit, he was always getting creative and trying to get ways to make that team better. He was bending trades out of thin air, doing a lot of crazy things, right? However, Houston never won a championship. Um, I would say, um, I would say he's, he's, he's inhibited a pretty crappy, uh, pretty crappy deck of cards in Philadelphia with some of the assets they have. I think the, I think, uh, as much as you and I like Tobias Harris, I think you and I can both say that the max contract he got was not, was not worthwhile. I do not think he's worth max dollars. Um, and on top of that, I think, you know, if, if I'm being frank, I think Joel Embiid is the last guy you want to play the patient game with as far as, um, as far as utilizing his prime, because we have seen how fragile his body is as a young player. Imagine when Joel Embiid gets into his thirties, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like we think it's bad. We thought it was bad before. I very much think as the miles keep being put on his body, it can only get worse. So, um, Troy, 
what do you think of this? What do you think of these developments? What's on your mind here? Am I, am I insane? No. And we know that doc rivers is not the problem. And I think that's the most important thing to yeah, point out in my 100%. Opinion, when, when looking at this and yeah, it's really unfortunate because I think Ben Simmons is a guy that I think he's, he's in his head right now, as far as he thinks he's better than what he is. And he, he doesn't understand that GMs around the league do not view him the way he views himself. But if he's smart and truly well, has all this confidence, Sean, he's going to put a uniform on and he's going to go out and he's going to well, prove his value. Well, I here's the thing, though, because like I don't even know. I don't know if Ben Simmons is the delusional one on his value. I think Daryl Morey's the delusional one on his value because oh, okay. I th- because I think because I think Daryl Morey going to other executives saying we want we want Bradley Beal, we want Damian Lillard, we want. We want an all-star caliber player and some picks. Like you're out of your mind. Maybe a pick might a pick to a on the border uh, playoff slash lottery team might be the best bet in my opinion. Well, right now, like like the only trade that I would genuinely say like the best case scenario for uh, for the the Philadelphia 76ers is getting De'Aaron Fox in return but reports say that yeah, Philly has no interest in that now the other the other thing too is that they also have Tyrese Maxey that's playing really well and you can yeah. make the argument that you know Maxey is playing really well for them you don't really want to bring in another point guard maybe you want to bring in someone but like even then like you know like listen you just got to get the most talented player that you can and try to salvage this thing because right now like this is a disaster, and even if even if Philly wants to wants to blame Ben Simmons Ben Simmons on this, a lot of this comes down to how they handled Ben Simmons leading up to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think Daryl Morey is only making the situation worse. And yeah. so um, I I think yes, like he's he's not letting Ben Simmons dictate what's going to happen, but like if you're playing a game of chicken over the over the well-being of your franchise because at a certain point like trying to preserve having him on your roster or trying to get the most value out of him possible like at a certain point you're you're literally just hampering yourself just to prove a point right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. that's what we're doing here like this situation has gotten beyond stupid right like what what's the what's the best case scenario out of this situation for either side at this point of like Ben Simmons, obviously his best case scenario is just getting on a different team, right? Like he, him, that's fine. Whatever we've accepted. He's not playing another game in a Philadelphia 76ers uniform. Fine. We know that, but Daryl Morey, you gotta just, you have to realize what you have and you gotta utilize it. Right. Because Joel Embiid is, he is not getting younger. Yeah. And I, I wonder if the best, I, I, what's in my head right now, and maybe it's wrong, Sean, but is like a team like Minnesota mm-hmm. or whatever, but a pick, your first round pick, which is going to be like a 13th, 12th pick for Ben Simmons. Well, it's, it's going to be more than a pick. You got to, you got to get a good young player and a pick. But like, let's not, let's not, let's not say Ben Simmons is worth the 12th pick in the draft. He's better than that, right? 
Yeah, but like, he's, he's he good. To, he's he needs to the... play a game this season to prove that to me, Sean. His performance in the playoffs was pathetic this past spring. Right, but like if I'm Minnesota, I'd be I'd be okay with sending De- I'd be okay with sending D'Angelo Russell in a pick for yeah for Ben Simmons. Sure, sure, sure. Like sure, that's you know fine. what I mean. Like that's, that's fine. A, that is a good like an all star caliber guard to pair with Joel Embiid. Someone that can score, someone that yeah. like at the very least you can start, you can start with a foundation and like build outward from there, right? And my, my biggest question to Philadelphia is, what do you have to lose? Like he's not he's not playing this year already. Like mm-hmm. what what are you gonna lose by trading him and maybe not reaching your full potential? You know what I mean? Like you have, yeah. And anything is better than this situation for Philadelphia. Anything well, yeah, that, is better than this. Yeah. And that's the point. Like, because listen, if, if we're, if we're in November, if we're in October and it's like, you know, we're still like waiting for the season to start, you know, we're just at the beginning. We're like a third of the way through. It's like, okay, you can make sense of it. Right. Mm-hmm. We're, we're halfway through the season. You know, they just played game 42. You know what I mean? Like they're correction. They played game 43. We're over the hump. We're over halfway. Um, So, you know, if you want to just hold on to them this entire season, waste a salary spot and waste an entire season of your franchise, just to prove a point. Fine. Go ahead. But in my opinion, I don't think you should be applauded for that. I think that makes you look stupid. I think it makes you look prideful. I think it's a, I think it's a chicken contest and I think they're both losing. Yeah. All good things, Sean. Can't, can't argue with any, any of that. Yeah. I just, I had to get that off my chest because man, that Troy, it's pissing me off. Yeah. Um, quick, Sean. I, I don't think we had this in the agenda quick and maybe uh-huh. we're a couple of podcasts away from this conversation, but is there any absolutes in your opinion for the trade deadline? The only absolute that I I see for the trade deadline is I think Jeremy Grant absolutely is in a different uniform. It's a matter Ooh. of where. I'm not going to go there, but I respect it. Can we hear I, a little bit of your explanation? So my so here's my explanation. I think I think first of all, with the amount of reports that we're getting of all the different calls, um, I, um, the only other absolute is I would say. You know, expect uh, expect Marvin Bagley the third somewhere okay. else. Sure. Um, you know, like that's another guy. Um, but listen, like I to me, Jeremy Grant, his value's highest it's ever been. The amount of can- the amount of contenders that are calling um, the Pistons to try and get him because this is the most uncertain we've ever been about who's going to win the NBA championship. Like parity mm-hmm. is at an all time high in this league. And Jeremy Grant is a type of guy that can potentially make the difference for a championship team. So if we're looking at the Los Angeles Lakers, if we're looking at the Atlanta Hawks, if we're looking even at the New York Knicks, the Memphis Grizzlies, like a lot of these teams, even the Chicago Bulls, right? Like if we're looking at a lot of these teams that like want to contend in the future, or even these teams that want to win now, adding a guy like Jeremy Grant, who can, who can provide you a solid 15, 20 a game, but on top of that, give you elite defense. Um, you know, granted, he came to Detroit to be a number one option, but I think he could be leaving Detroit being a very valuable asset on a winning team. Mm-hmm. Um, a starter. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, abs. Yeah, absolutely a starter. Ab- yeah, of course. Um, I think he's going to get a max contract. No I matter where he goes, even I, I, even other than Detroit. Yeah, I think he, I think whoever whoever's going to trade for him has got to pay for, pay him. That's the only thing. But but to me, if if he stays in Detroit, that's Detroit saying no. He's a part of our future, and we're going to pay him. And but, that's kind of where I'm at right now, which I think is going to be the reality. I lean more towards that camp. I I you see, I understand. I understand why because he has been really good. There's no reason to trade him. We don't have to. However, I would make the argument that Jeremy Grant's prime is probably not on our timeline. And he, his value is never going to be higher than right now. I just Mm -hmm. don't think it is. Mm -hmm. And so a guy that's not on a very, that's not a very expensive contract, a guy that's showing more than, than people thought of him. Um, you know, uh, a guy that is on a young team that they could very easily send some prospects and picks and, and improve their team instantly. Um, you know, I just, I, to me, it's a no brainer. I think Jeremy Grant's just like, he is the, like, if you were to just make like a list of ingredients of like, who is your go-to like trade deadline guy, it's Jeremy Grant, you know, now what I will say is generally what happens on the trade deadline day uh, is something that we never foresaw, like uh, Nikola Vucevic to the Bulls. Yeah. Or yeah. like uh, or like uh, Mark Gasol to the Raptors a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Just to, just to name a few. Those are some those are some trade deadline doozies. You know. Remember the saying? Rondo one last year? That was just bananas. <laughs> the Rondo one. Yeah. Wait. Clippers and Hawks. That's right. Yeah, that one was weird. And everyone is acting like that was going to be like the biggest difference maker. And then like he was dog shit in a Clippers <laughs> uniform, like just for like a better terms. Like he just yeah. was like, he, he's not good anymore. I'm sorry. But um, yeah, uh, it's uh, we already got our Rondo trade out of the way this year, too. Yeah, already, yeah. And yeah. I think he, he kind of adds at least a small little piece to that Cleveland team. Yeah, I mean, he's he's another guy that can facilitate the ball off the bench while, uh, while Rubio's out with that torn ACL, you know, he, he's a good ad in that sense. Um, but, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So as of right now, that's kind of where my head's at. Um, I think a lot could happen that day. I think, uh, obviously it sounds like Atlanta is going to be pretty active. Obviously the Lakers are going to be pretty active. Um, a lot of, a lot of teams are going to be looking to make some changes that day. So, um, we're definitely going to be talking about that as it comes, but Troy, Another thing that is coming down the pipeline, we want to check in on the most improved player race because Troy today, Miles Bridges scored a career high 38 points in the Mecca, in the garden on Martin Luther King Day. Um, one, of the mo- one of the best days on the NBA calendar year, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of basketballs played. Um, you know, ki- uh, kids home from school going to watch, uh, going to watch some NBA games. Uh, so Troy, obviously, you know, you didn't catch that game. I wasn't able to catch the entirety of the game, but what I do know, um, is that miles bridges is for real and he's extended his game, you know, tremendously. Um, I, it looks like his, it looks like his three point percentage is actually down 10% this year. 
but it looks like that's because he's shooting at a higher volume. So, I mean, that's just bound to happen. Uh, right. But Troy, what have you seen from miles bridges this year? I've seen a lot. I've seen uh, just an incredible athleticism that, that I think is his peak high. He's a hungry guy, Sean. When mm-hmm. you look at how he plays the game of basketball, he's a guy out on a mission. And I really respect that a lot, especially um, huge fan of him in college. I'm a big Michigan State guy. And mm-hmm. uh, he was in my class, actually, 2016. I think he was number two rated guy. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Cassius Winston was number one. Um, who, uh, yeah, had a great college career, but not really much of an NBA one. Uh, so I think he's a guy that I, he's been on my radar for longer than probably any of these guys. And it's really cool to see himself represent the state of Michigan, but also, uh, get buckets while he's doing that. And he has a really cool core around him. I love that Lamelo ball is his point guard. I love that Gordon Hayward's really taken his game, um, kind of reamping his game up from his Utah days and his Boston days. Uh, yeah, so I, I, mean, I at think the very, those yeah, three at, are fun. He's bouncing back for sure. I yeah. think, I, you know, I, I think at first when we saw Gordon Hayward sign Charlotte, I think we all were kind of like, really? Like, what are you, what are you doing? But like, yeah. I think a deal's actually been working out pretty well for it him. Really because, has. It really has. And um, I, I love watching Charlotte play. I really, yeah. really do. Um, part, I think part of it is also because they have the best announcer in the NBA. Um, <laughs> there's nothing more satisfying to hear. Ah! Oh, Miles Bridges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Just as much as uh, I don't know if you heard the LA Clippers guy who goes bingo whenever there's a three point shot, but bingo or or yeah. the Mike Breen bang. Yeah, um, yeah. absolutely iconic. But yeah, no, Miles. So he's he's uh he's gone up from twelve, like you know, from thirteen points a game to twenty points a game this year. He it looks like he's really like. It looks, it, it just feels like he's taken the honus of being like one of the stars in this team. You know what I mean? He went from being a, like a role player, rim runner to a guy that wants the ball in his hands and is going to take shots. Mm-hmm. Like he's looking to score. He's on a mission when he's on the offensive right. end now, which is, which is something I think is definitely something that's been a big adjustment. Now, obviously um, would love to see that three point percentage be a little better. However, um, it's hard to be. You know, when it falls like it did today in uh, in New York, um, I think it just shows like what Miles Bridges ceiling is, is at his peak. He can be one of the best players in the league. He can be an yeah. all star. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to see what five years from now looks like for, yeah. for old Miles. Yeah. I'm not saying he's going to be one of the best players in the league. Just to clarify, I'm just talking about what his potential ceiling could be just because yeah because of his intangibles what we've seen flashes of in his past i just you know there there is a lot yeah to be excited about there um, with that lefty stroke like it, i'm trying to think historically like there's not a ton of guys i can compare him to yeah um i guess without the lefty thing like like a, a minor version of pete grant hill is kind of what i'm thinking like they, they yeah. play the kind of similar games so yeah i can see that i like that um as of right now troy um, currently the odds for, um, for the most improved player, according to Vegas insider, um, currently it goes John Morant at one miles bridges at two. And at third is a guy that I'm actually looking at this list. And I think if you're looking at the most improved player, if you're going off that name, Darius Garland. 
Yeah, yeah, for Cleveland. He's yeah. awesome. He, um, he really has expanded his game, Sean. Troy, and this is I, just a two-year jump. Yeah. Uh, listen, Troy, I'm going to – I'm just going to be flat-out honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally never thought Darius Garland was going to be an all-star. Yeah. I, I thought he was going to be another Cleveland guard, kind of like Colin Sexton, yeah. all – all flash, no substance. Yeah. Um, can put up a lot of points on a losing team, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of, he's been their best player this year. Yeah. Like we've yeah. been talking about how great Evan Mobley is, how great Jared Allen is. The center of it's Darius Garland. Yeah. You can't be winning like they are with just one good player, Sean. You mm-hmm. got to have, you had to have your pieces together. And that Darius Garland and uh, Evan Mobley dynamic in Cleveland has been, has been fun to watch, right? Really, oh, really ex- yeah, exciting to see Darius Garland expand his game too. If, if I'm looking at the Eastern conference standings and, and I'm looking in the playoff picture, I am praying to God. I don't draw Cleveland. That is yeah. a team I do not want to face in the playoffs. If I like your Memphis on the West, right? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. But like, seriously, think about it though. Like, what are you going to be able to do interior? Like, like if you're a small team, like, um, you know, like say, you know, obviously Brooklyn. Like, yeah. Let, let's go Brooklyn. Like right yeah. there. That 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 has a lot of matchup difficulties for them, yeah. especially how weak they are at the big. Like Lamarcus Aldridge is their starting center. They have Claxton. They have Blake Griffin, like having to, having to deal with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley for six, seven games. Screw that, man. You're, you're probably still going to walk away with, with, with four games, but it might go oh, yeah. to seven. Yeah. And that's scary. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying is they're going to be like a difficult team to face. So like right now, for example, if we were to look at the, if we were to look at the standings right now, as of today, it would currently be, Miami versus Cleveland in the first round. Yeah. And if I'm Miami, that's a difficult matchup. Yeah, I think you lose that if if I'm Miami. They could. They very well could. Like they're an absolutely solid team, don't get me wrong. I mean, they're they're 27 and 16. They're right up there contending with the best in the in the Eastern Conference, but so is Cleveland. They're within a game of each other. That's the crazy thing is the Eastern Conference Conference right now is so close. Yeah, this is the this is the best Eastern Conference since Michael Jordan? Yeah. Yep. Mhm. Yeah, flat out. Yeah, definitely definitely at least since like 2008 or 2009 when you had like LeBron and Cleveland, yeah. the Boston Celtics, Dwight the Pistons Howard. were kind of still there. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's the closest team you are closest you we've, we've had in a while, but yeah. Yeah. And really you, you weren't much deeper than four teams, Detroit, Cleveland, uh, Orlando yeah, uh, and Boston is really all you had. Yeah, and and I think right now there's only there's only in my opinion there's only three teams that can make the finals in the East. It's Chicago, it's Miami or not Miami, uh, Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, yeah, yeah me I just too. don't think Miami's got it. I think they're like just. I think they could be a Eastern Conference Finals team. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. They're disciplined. They can play tough. They just still don't have the star power, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um. Quick, quick, quick. What about West? What are the Western teams that could make the NBA finals? It's uh, 
I mean, I think it's a three-team race to, there too. It's yeah, Phoenix, Go- Golden State, and Utah. Ooh, Utah too. Hey. Oh, definitely over the Lakers right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, speaking of, by the way, uh, did you hear Magic Johnson were directly were calling out the Lakers for their effort? I didn't hear that. Mm-hmm. I After saw he the- liked LeBron's tweet that said, "I'll do better, guys." <laughs> yeah. So it was actually. Um, so I'll even look it up right now. Um, so, um, here's what he said. Um, after being blown out by the nuggets, 133 to 96, we as Lakers fans can accept being outplayed, but we deserve more than a lack of effort and no sense of urgency owner, Janie bus. You deserve better. I don't know about you. That feels like a, that feels like a shot at Rob Palenka. Yeah. Yeah, because of how things went down there between Magic and Rob, I think there's some beef there. I think there's some drama there. But listen, it, truth, truth. The Lakers they they've been pitiful lately. Um, everyone was like, "Oh, they're just fine." Like after like LeBron was playing center for a little bit, like this is a great lineup. Of course, that wasn't going to last, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Magic having to call them out for their effort, not a great look in Los Angeles. Not, not at all. So, you know, for me, like a team, you know, the Utah jazz, like obviously, you know, they've, they've been consistent. They've been at the top of the, uh, of the Western standings for, for a couple of years now. I, I think the, with the, with the rise of play that we've seen from Donovan Mitchell this year, yeah. I think, I think with how elite Rudy Gobert is anchoring that defense, I think, you know, I think it's, I think you just, you got to look at them as a serious contender. You really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I do. It's just hard when they haven't been able to get the job done. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. And and also to be candid, it's just hard to picture them beating either Phoenix or Golden State right now. Right. And I think their team, have they gotten out of the second round in the past four years? I no. want no, no, they haven't because so you know you're you're number one seed in the in the West every year, but you can't even get past the second round. Uh, I have a hard time seeing them jump from the second round of the finals. Now, so here, here's what I'll say on that. Here's what I'll say on that. Um, first of all, um, that Denver team in the bubble was, mm-hmm. was phenomenal. So that was the yeah. Lakers year 2020, right? Yep. Um, and Utah still wasn't quite, wasn't quite there. In fact, they got beat by Denver in the first round. Um, and then you have last year, where yes, they had that really rough um, second round series against the Clippers when they lost to the Clippers, even when they didn't have Kawhi Leonard for the majority of the series. Um, and then you have, you know, now this year, I think is the first year where it's like, okay, the Lakers are not a threat to make it to the Western Conference Finals. I think, I think as of what we're seeing right now, I think we're going to see another first round exit out of the Lakers, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah 100%. Um, um, because as of right now, the Lakers are an eighth seed. So they would have to get through the play in tournament and they would have to face probably Phoenix or Golden State in the first round. Um, yeah, and if they're facing happen. Phoenix in the first round, they're not beating Phoenix in the first round. Mm-hmm. If they're facing Golden State in the first round, they're not beating Golden State in the first round. So yeah. that's just, that's just the way it is. Um, so Utah. They're, they're going to have a tough time because both those teams are really difficult. I personally think the matchup that would be more favorable for them is Phoenix. 
Um, I think the I think the high splash power of the Golden State Warriors. I think Rudy Gobert's game is kind of neutralized there because um, even though he can he can lock down the interior, doesn't really matter if you can lock down the interior when they're just raining it from three. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> um, whereas whereas Phoenix, whereas Phoenix is kind of like a more natural kind of kind of like matchup for them like Devin Booker versus Donovan Mitchell like Rudy Gobert versus DeAndre Ayton you know what I'm saying like that's kind of like a more like that that just feels more comfortable for them Mm -hmm. so um I just think in my opinion they still have to be considered a finals contender um they can still look serious and and look like they can go to the finals I'm not saying they're going to the finals because I don't think they are but they're definitely a contender for sure. I'm glad we touched on that. Yeah, 100%. Me too. And speaking of things we got to touch on, Troy, you know we can't end an episode of From Half Court before we take a trip to Mount Rushmore. Now, obviously, not always Mount Rushmore, but that's what we like to call the segment. Anyways, today we do have a Mount Rushmore. And Troy, you want to describe what we're going to be talking about in this segment? Yeah, we're going to do a Mount Rushmore, so top four players of all time who have never won an NBA Finals. You can have gone to the Finals. You may have even played in a Game 7 of the NBA Finals, mm-hmm. but you have never won a ring. Your hand is ringless. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited to start it off. And uh, I guess I'll do the most obvious one, in my opinion, uh, the one that in the recent era and, and, and conversation everyone talks about, and that is the answer, Allen Iverson. Yeah. Um, he has to be in my top four, Sean. I mean, he's a guy that that 2001 year when, when his Philadelphia team did make it to the finals, uh, he, he was a man amongst boys that, that season, Sean. And he's mm-hmm. a guy that really, even after that season too, I mean, he carried himself, incredibly throughout the um the eastern conference he was always in the mvp conversations just six feet tall but the guy could play um he he was flashy he could pass the ball very very underrated defensive player Mm -hmm. um great score sean can i do a mount rushmore without having Allen iverson on it no no he he got to the finals once um, it just, for whatever reason, Philly was just never able to put a team around them that mm-hmm. could seriously get to that point. Um, I think, I think some of it too is, um, you know, I, I he, he just, you know, he, he kind of came into the league at a weird time because right as, right as he was reaching his apex, um, there was this guy, uh, named LeBron James that was coming into the league. Um, so it kind of just felt like he had this super short window. Right. Um, and, uh, I remember, I remember having to watch the Pistons have to face, uh, Allen Iverson in the playoffs quite a bit, or just face him in general back in the day. Uh, you know, listen, AI, he was the answer. He's an absolute stud. The, uh, the, the guy I would go, uh, I would have uh, next personally, um, is another all time great guard. And it is the one we just saw go to the finals, Chris Paul. Okay. I like it. Not he probably wasn't on my list, Sean. That's okay. I'm glad you said it. I'm glad you said it. Let's yeah, talk about I, CP3. I, yeah, absolutely. Uh the point god. Um, probably the the best point as, as far as like the 
like the true definition of like what you want out of a point guard, like the prototypical point guard, you think of Chris Paul, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, every single spot in his career, he has won. He he brought the Hornets to the he brought the Hornets to the playoffs. He made the uh, he made the the Clippers competitive and relevant. He he helped Houston be dominant and get to the Western Conference Finals. He made Oklahoma City a playoff team in his one year there. Um, and then you go to Phoenix and he's completely shifted the culture and changed everything, got to a finals in his first season with Devin Booker. Um, I'm thinking at the end of this season, we might not have him on this list, but as of right now, um, Chris Paul, as far as, you know, he's just another one of those great players that's never won it. Um, You know, obviously, uh, when you go, it's it's easier to think of former players because right now, like currently, anyone could still win it, right? Um, but as of right now, uh, Chris Paul is someone that if he's not on the Mount Rushmore, he needs to be at least close to the Mount Rushmore. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I fully agree. And one week from right now, as this video is recorded on Monday night, I will be in the presence of Chris Paul in Phoenix watching him play the Utah Jazz. And that'll be fun. And I think, you know, when we think of peak Chris Paul, I think of the Clippers and I even yep. think of the Hornets, man. And that's 10 plus years ago yep. so to think that if, if let's say the Suns win it this year, his legacy changes and it changes in the end of his career, which we don't really see that very often, Sean, we see guys win it in their primes and then they kind of fall off or branch off, jump team to team. Right. But we would, we would have a very interesting story. And I think, to me, when I think of that, that's just think of the scenario Chris Paul wins this year. I think of guys to come, rising stars. We've mentioned a guy like Miles Bridges earlier. We mentioned a guy like John Morant earlier. Guys who we have no idea the type of careers that they will have. Yeah. But let's just say they have a career like Chris Paul. Wouldn't it be cool that yeah. we're talking about the beginning right now? And let's say 15 years from now, Sean, they're, they're lifting the Larry O'Brien trophy. I mean, it, it gives me goosebumps to think of what the future of the league will look like if Chris right. Paul wins the championship. Well, and well, here's the thing, Troy, it's crazy because to your point, he like, you know, obviously um, he's not as good of a player as he used to be, as far as like his youthfulness and things like he can't do, he can't, he can't go out and be like the dominant guy for your team every single night. Right. But Chris Paul has just always consistently been an amazing point guard. And I think Phoenix is just a perfect position for him because he doesn't have to be that guy. All he has to do is be the quarterback. All he has to do is get down to the offensive end and he has to make the right read and he's going to make the right. He's going to make the right read every single time. You know what I'm saying? No turnovers tonight against San Antonio, zero Mm -hmm. turnovers tonight. He's a, he is a true man's point guard well like, i'm even, glad well like, even, here's here's the thing with chris paul man he can go out there he maybe scored six points against detroit he had such an effect on the game like if mm-hmm. you watch like his ball movement if you watch like like how defenses are just picked apart within seven seconds of chris paul like having the ball and then you know that's just his passing 
You don't even talk about like his silky smooth jump shot or like that between the leg dribble he does that. Yeah. That's like that that fake pass where he goes in between his own legs and does that fade away on on the baseline, like stuff like that. Like Chris Paul's just money. He is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of my favorite players of all time. I think he doesn't get a lot. I think he gets a lot of flack when in reality he should be getting a lot of praise. Um, because I don't think he was the problem in literally any situation yeah. he was in. And I, Phoenix so. would not have been in the finals last year if it weren't for Chris Paul. Oh, no. That, that nope. Western Conference performance he had against L.A., um, awesome. They awesome, would have been a play-in awesome, team awesome. if they didn't have Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, next on my list, big old man from New York, number 33, Patrick Ewing. Okay. I'm going okay. Patrick Ewing on this one. Listen, mm-hmm. the guy – up there with Elijah Wan in the nineties, best center of the decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no doubt about it. He was a guy that would have, I mean, he was in the finals the year Michael Jordan played baseball um, uh, against the, um, the Houston, Houston Rockets, Rockets mm-hmm. where Houston won. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was probably his only window to win a championship because you couldn't get past Chicago. Nope. Uh, had some good, good, games against indiana and reggie miller's team um he was a guy that yeah i just unfortunate he's a guy that we see so often where all-star type of player but runs into the player of the decade um which was michael jordan for him Uh, we see guys like DeRozan we talked about earlier running into lebron james um that was his tale that was his story yeah Damian uh, Lillard of, being you, the guy in the West, that dominant guard that yeah. runs into Steph Curry. Steph Curry, you got it. So we see this pattern over decades, and unfortunately, Patrick Ewing is that guy for his decade. But he still, in my opinion, like he has to be top four best best players. Uh, what about legacy of Patrick Ewing? Do you want to talk about Sean? Yeah, I listen uh, to your point. Um, when you think of the New York Knicks, you think of Patrick Ewing. Yeah. Uh, when I when I think of the garden, I think of Patrick Ewing. When I yeah. think of uh, when I think the greatest, like because it's crazy because the perhaps the like perhaps the best teams that New York's ever had are the teams that didn't win a championship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, um, you know, to your point, ran into Michael Jordan each and every year. Um, it's it's just it, it shows like we we often define greatness. And the first place we go is championships. But I think, I think it does a disservice to the legacy of a lot of other players because to, you know, it just shows you don't have to win a championship to be great. You mm-hmm. do have to be, you do have to win championships to be an all time. Great. I would make yeah. that, but um, you know, Patrick Ewing, he's a great player. He just, he could never get it done. Um, and speaking of guys in New York that could never get it done that have never won an NBA championship. The next guy um, that I would think would be on this list is Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure what your next guy was, but I was thinking Carmelo's got to be on here. Yeah. I like Carmelo. I like Carmelo, Sean. Um, but I mean, look at the old, um, look at the old Utah jazz. I mean, uh, we're, we're, we're not a pro Carl Malone podcast, but uh, mm-hmm. I got to go with Carl Malone. I, th- I think Carmelo was better than Carmelo. It's apples to oranges. They played different games. Carmelo is great. He was, you know, he was dominant. Him and Stockton, you know, they they had a, they had multiple different chances to win a finals. 
at least they've gotten there. Carmelo hasn't even gotten there. And, he, and, and, and everyone was like, oh, good. He can go to the Lakers so he can finally get to the finals. They're not going to the finals. Carmelo, he was, he, he and LeBron were the highlights of that draft class. He was, yeah. he was coming in. A national being, champion. Being viewed, like if, if, if LeBron was the chosen one, he was the chosen 1.1. Like he was like the, he was the other one. You know what I mean? Um, it was, it was perceived that him and LeBron were going to run the league for years. And as dominant as he was on the offensive end, he just, he never, he never could get it done. He -hmm. couldn't. Yeah. Um, and he, I don't know if, you know, his, his priority, like he, he just, he loved playing basketball, right? He absolutely loves playing basketball. That's why he's still playing. He's a hooper. Um, he just wants to go out and hoop. However, um, there have been times where they could have, they really could have went out and, um, you know, he, or at least he could have been in situations where he could be on some really good teams, but instead he signed a big contract and kind of ruined that. You know what I mean? So he kind of put the New York Knicks in salary cap hell. Um, I'm not blaming that on him. I'd take them. I, I think if I was in a situation, I'd be hard pressed to not take the money. However, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's absolutely crazy that he's never won a championship or he's never even been close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I can't really argue with that, but I mean, number two scorer of all time. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I don't know. Top, top five rebounder, right? Top five shot blocker. Maybe not listen, shot blocker, but listen, listen, how about this? Let's agree that Carl Malone is probably the better player. But how about we say fuck Carl Malone and put Carmelo Anthony on the list? High five to that, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> how about how about just for the sake of, of screwing over Carl Malone? Let's say it's Carmelo. Fair enough, Sean. Fair enough. Because we are we are a fuck Carl Malone podcast. We we do not like him here, but that's okay. Um yeah, so I, I would say, Troy, that's a pretty good four. But is there is there a guy on there that I – because I said Chris Paul. Was there yeah. another guy you were thinking of that we didn't name? I guess Charles Barkley, but not really. Yeah, yeah. Charles Barkley's another good one. Um, I'll throw out another I'll – throw, I'll throw out a couple honorable mentions. Tracy McGrady. Pistol um, Pete Maravich. Pistol Pete Maravich. Vince Carter. A lot yeah. of great players. Yeah. A lot of great players. Mm-hmm. Um. Steve Nash. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. It's uh, it's sad to think of all the players that we've never gotten to see win a championship. Antonio but... McDice. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that you've named them along with those guys. Like, I love Antonio McDice. It just so caught me off guard. Wasn't he on a Spurs team? Did he, did he, he was on a Spurs team, but not a championship Spurs team. Hold up. All right. Ring count. Antonio McDice. Do you ever want to? Does, does he have a ring? Yeah. Yeah. You never won a title. Oh, my gosh. Which also, um, dude, the, the thing that's sad is like he, he was on that 05 Pistons team. Like, yeah, like I know. That, it was such a good chance. And he goes to the Spurs. Like, it's just. It's just absolutely crazy. You know, it, it sucks. Yeah. 
Um, That's why I said it. Cause like, it's kind of like, remember that old meme from 10 years ago, bad luck, Brian. I mean, he's mm-hmm. kind of the bad, bad luck Antonio for championships. Well, well, and the sad thing too, is he was such a good player that he probably was a ring away from being considered a hall of fame player. Yeah. And, you know and that's I mean? kind of why, I mean, like I said it as a joke, but I also, I was kidding, not kidding with Antonio McDice because, because of those awesome stats. Right. All right. Let, here's a, all right. I just looked up an entire list of the best players to never win a ring. So mm-hmm. let's, uh, so we've got a lot right, of honorable mentions here. All right. Yep. So it's, it's a top 10. So number 10, Russell Westbrook, number nine, Patrick Ewing, number eight, Elgin Baylor. Ooh, yes. Uh, Rest yeah. in peace. St- Steve Nash, Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, James Harden. Ooh, yes. John Stockton, Allen Iverson, and it has Chris Paul at number one. I think I think James Harden will retire a champion. Yeah, he'll get a championship. If he's gonna keep teaming with Kevin Durant, he's gonna get a ring. Yeah. He he's yeah. just uh and, and at the very least, I could also see James Harden like at the end of his career, just being a really fun veteran, like a veteran minimum scorer off the bench kind of guy. Even you know a, a more saying? fun Carmelo. Yeah. yeah. Dude, he, I, I just hope, I just hope we get to see him slowly look more and more like Kimbo Slice as his career goes on. We yeah. just get full Kimbo Slice Harden in his last year. That's yeah. all I want. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I need a bald Harden at some point, dude. Kind of changing topics, but I don't know how I got to this. Super, super quick. Forty-five listen, seconds. We will listen. not. We will not Troy, go past this, Sean. Troy. Troy. We're at the end of the pod. This is for us. This okay. is for us. This is for us. Okay. If you're here, if you if you're watching at this point, you're a crazy <laughs> motherfucker. Just like Troy and I. <laughs> but like, yeah, go ahead, dude. Okay. Don't apologize. Does LeBron James retire a Los Angeles Laker, or does he sign with whatever team drafts Bronny? Wow, you stumped me. Um, I think he ultimately, um, I think he ultimately retires. Um, I think his goal is to play with Bronny or at least share the court with Bronny. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see him waiting until Bronny's rookie year, playing with him, and then retiring. Playing with him, so like that's just saying Minnesota drafts him. He goes. To- on a veteran one year from Minnesota. I I think I, I I think wherever his he could be drafted is definitely a contender for him to go sign. Um but on the other hand, I could also see LeBron retiring as a Laker and waiting just so he has the opportunity to face his son mm-hmm. in an NBA game. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah, saying? I see both scenarios. That's why that's why I wanted to ask. Yeah, yeah, I could see both too. If, if I had to go with my gut right now, I would say re- he retires a Laker um, just because, um, you know, I don't think LeBron James will ever be paid a veteran minimum contract, even in his final years. I think he's just too valuable. I think he's going to be a yeah. max guy till he retires. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, yeah, it's just he's he could do whatever he wants. Thank you so much for tuning in this has been from half court where troy and i sit down and talk all things nba basketball if you like that be sure to like this video be sure to subscribe and be sure to share with your friends also be sure to follow us on social media at troy sergey 44 and at sean half court to keep the conversation going
Thank you so much for watching, and we will catch you next time from Half Court. Be sure to subscribe, you bastards.